This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello, and thanks for listening to Obsessed. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. We have a deadly, sexy James Bond episode of the podcast for you. But first, I want to tell you about three exciting things I have coming up. The first exciting thing is that on Wednesday, June 5th, I'll be doing a one-night-only show in Los Angeles called Man-Child in Black. Joining me will be funny, charming pals Mike Furman, Josh Kagan, The Double Clicks, James Urbaniak. The show is at the M-Bar in Hollywood. For tickets and info, check out the live shows page on my website at josephscrimshaw.com. The second exciting thing is Flawfest. It's a Kickstarter campaign to raise funds for a new comedy and music album. I'll be recording a live comedy show about all my horrible flaws as a human being, plus a ton of great musicians like John Roderick and Molly Lewis and Paul and Storm and Bill Corbett and Kevin Murphy and many more will be recording an album of songs inspired by jokes and stories from the show. To check it out, go to kickstarter.com and search for Scrimshaw. The third exciting thing is that I have now spent ten times as long reading reviews of Star Trek Into Darkness as I did watching the actual film. I guess that's not really exciting so much as it is depressing, which makes me even more excited about L.A. and Flawfest. So please check them out, and please don't post any more Star Trek reviews because I can't stop myself from reading them. Thanks, and enjoy Obsessed. Thank you all very much. Thank you for coming to Obsessed, the James Bond special. This is a show that I've been wanting to do for a long time because I am a huge nerd about James Bond. Um, I'm a nerd about a lot of things, but James Bond is probably the most ironic because there's the most distance between what you are interested in and how you're expressing your interest in it. James Bond is very suave and cool. James Bond does not collect James Bond trading cards. (laughs) James Bond does not paint miniatures of his worst villains so he can play a James Bond role-playing game. James Bond does not go down to his basement and make a diorama of all the women he's made love to. Now, I have only done some of those things. But the thing that I continue to be nerdy about as an adult with James Bond is that I cannot make it through a conversation about James Bond without saying this sentence. Actually, in the original novels by Ian Fleming, and it makes me so mad at myself, I just, I want to tie myself up in a chair and hit myself in the balls with a big rope. But I would never actually do that. Because actually, in the original novels, he's hitting the balls with a carpet beater. So I try to be traditional like that. Uh, It's weird with the novels that James Bond is a little bit of a nerd in the original novels because they were just written by a middle-aged, pedantic British man who just gave James Bond all of his own interests. So there'll be exciting action, there'll be romance, and then there'll just be like a chapter about Bond's favorite food, his favorite drink, the pajamas he likes the best. If James Bond were written today, there would be like a whole chapter about what his sleep number is. And we would just all culturally know that, that Bond is a man of action, a lover of women, and of course his sleep number is 55. All these weird facts are in the books, and then they kind of got moved into the movies, and then they got moved into popular culture, and then back into the movies. So kind of Bond, as we know him today, is this weird telephone game that makes almost no sense, except we really like it. 
And I don't think there's anything that represents that huge mess that James Bond has become quite like the lyrics to the theme song Thunderball. So I would like to read you the lyrics without all that distracting, exciting music so you guys can really hear what's being said in the Thunderball lyrics. Ostensibly, they're about James Bond? Maybe? We don't know. Here we go. He always runs while others walk. <laughs> this makes him sound hyper. <laughs> he acts while other men just talk? He would really hate this podcast. <laughs> he looks at this world and wants it all, so he strikes like Thunderball. Of course. We all know what a Thunderball is, right? Our cousins all have one in their garages, right? You know, Thunderballs. He strikes like that. He knows the meaning of success. His needs are more, so he gives less. What an asshole. <laughs> they call him the winner who takes all, and he strikes, once again, like Thunderball. Any woman he wants, he'll get. He will break any heart without regret. <laughs> it's just a great description to put on your OkCupid okay profile. <laughs> His days of asking are all gone. His fight goes on and on and on. But he thinks that the fight is worth it all. And at this point to me, he just sounds like, like an office worker who wants a larger cubicle and is just not going to stop fighting. So he strikes like Thunderball. And then there is an instrumental for three bars and finish. And according to the Wikipedia research that I did today, uh, Tom Jones, who sang this song, then fainted in the recording studio. Because nothing says James Bond more than a pretty man fainting because he's holding ball too long. <laughs> and on that note, now that we understand James Bond so well, uh, I'd like to introduce my guests for the evening. Uh, my first guest is a playwright a screenwriter, and a filthy mouth raconteur. His name is Hatcher, Jeffrey Hatcher. Thank you, cocksucker. Was that a little Sean Connery cocksucker right out of the gate? That's right, you ball of hell. <laughs> ball of hell? Hellball. Oh, hellball, indeed. That's, that's true. I can't deny that. Uh, our next guest is a writer and performer for Mystery Science Theater and Rift Tracks and many other awesome projects. His name is Corbett, Bill Corbett. <laughs> Hello, Joseph. Hello, we are man. very much alike, you and I, Mr. Scripps. A little, little too soon out of the gate. Yeah, right I'm away. Sorry. To reveal that you're my nemesis right away. Uh, and finally, a very talented, award-winning actress. Her name is Gunyu Halas. Emily Gunyu Halas. Hello, Joseph. Hello. It's very difficult to get the rhythm with two last names. <laughs> it is. I'm sorry. Could you do it once? Could you introduce yourself the way James Bond would, using your own name? Gunyu Hallis. Emily Gunyu Hallis. Oh, very good. It's really good. not very good. It's not, it isn't as good. Need that monosyllabic thing yeah. going. It sounds it, like a Tibetan prayer. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else did a Sean Connery uh, impression already. Would you do a Sean Connery impression, Emily? Okay. Now? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joseph. <laughs> that's terrible. No, that's the great that's thing about good. Sean Connery accents is like, if they're accurate, that's great. And if they're just a mess, that's great, too. Basic, basically, you just kind of lower your voice and pretend you're eating oatmeal. <laughs> that's late, Connery. <laughs> More porridge, please. <laughs> 
Uh, so I'd like to uh, start by going down the line and just uh, hearing a little bit about how much you guys all know about James Bond. And, and Jeffrey, I think you know a lot. Is that correct? Uh, I know many things, um, not um, unconnected to the many books and toys I brought with me from my youth, um, including my Aston Martin that my son, when he was a baby, put in his mouth and dissolved the uh, tires. Um, <laughs> because I saw Goldfinger when I was six. Wow. That was early, right? And um, I'd heard about the man who'd been crushed in a car and turned into something the size of a, of a suitcase. And so I very much wanted to see a film like that and asked my parents to take me to it. But I was convinced that it starred a man named Scene Canary. <laughs> Hadn't and I, I didn't know where babies came from at that point. So I thought James and his ladies just rubbed each other really, really hard. And there'd be all these babies that would come later. So did you go to see future films and wondered why there weren't these rubbed out babies? <laughs> I, I am surprised that he hasn't had one illegitimate child after all these years. Yeah, Q must uh, give him some equipment there. Uh, and uh, Bill, can you tell us how much uh, you know about James Bond? Less than Jeffrey, <laughs> I think is the headline. Um, I, I don't know, maybe intermediate uh, knowledge of James Bond. I, I think I started seeing the James Bond movies in the theater when uh, Roger Moore was was the man. Uh, so that was the first James Bond I actually knew. Um, and I think I, I expected them to be funny and big and splashy and was kind of surprised when I went back and they were a little more brutal in the Sean Connery era and he was better. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like that when you when you saw Brutal James Bond? Was that yeah, like, I kind of yeah. like I kind of like that. And and you know, Sean Connery was the quintessential guy. Um, I think I also went through a, a summer of reading all the books when I was about 13 years old. Just went, and they're pretty easy reads, and you know they they they're not very long, are they, Jeffrey? No, no. I um, read the books when I was about 13, and it'll be like exciting things. And it was about nipples and action, sexy. And it was like the equivalent of you know get of looking at National Geographic. It's like yeah. kind of titillating. It's pretty sexy, but then there's like we, I just reread Live and Let Die, which is his second novel, and there's like a chapter where he just walks around Florida and is disgusted by old people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was I, I totally was conf forgot about it. he just walked around going like, what a shithole Florida is. <laughs> I was confused by a lot of that that fetishism you talked about, like all that object stuff. It's like that doesn't mean anything to a thirteen year old American boy. No, all the no, bird watching and crap. And it didn't ma match the movies that I was watching. So, well, yeah, that was weird. And, okay, and, so you and have you a now point. in Casino Royale, there's actually a line where it's uh, in the book where Bond says, "Bond grasped Vesper's swelling buttocks." And at age 10 or 11, I was convinced it meant, well, if I touch the woman's buttocks, they will expand in my hand. <laughs> I still believe that's true. I, like some strange... No one has disabused me of that yet. after 10 years. Okay, Emily, let's talk about what you know about James Bond yeah, okay. and swelling buttocks. Yeah. Well, sadly, I'm, I'm not here for that experiment of, of Jeffrey's and the swelling buttocks. It's okay. It's a podcast. I don't, yeah, I don't think we can hear it if buttocks swell. I hope we can't. Uh, I've been saying that I'm the control group of the obsessed podcast Indeed. James Bond edition because I, I know very little about James Bond. I saw Skyfall. I saw the parkour, or as I like to say, leapy jumpy opening of the the fight of that other Daniel Casino Royale. Craig, oh, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and uh, I saw Goldfinger at an inappropriately young age. I don't think I was six, but I think I was inappropriately 
young. So what did you take away from it? Jeffrey, for some reason, thought he would see James Bond and a woman rub a baby into life. <laughs> what did you expect I, to see? I remember the song, and I remember the opening credits, and I remember the lady being dipped in gold. Although now I've learned, I was, I was corrected very quickly, that she wasn't dipped in no, gold. No, she's not, she she's not a state fair food. <laughs> she's not deep fried in gold. She's painted. So that's, it's very elegant. That's uh, so, pretty much it. Cool. Uh, so I, I want to get into some questions uh, for you guys. The, the thing that fascinates me about James Bond is, like, in general, I have, I, I have a kind of a, a thin trigger for the difference between objective and subjective. In James Bond is like one of the best examples of that. Of like you say James Bond, and people will just say, "Well, the best film was." And, you know, they sort of confuse opinion with fact. I asked, uh, <laughs> I asked for questions on the internet. Uh, I asked people if they'd like to have questions for me to ask you guys. And one person posted right away just a list of which were the best James Bond films. Like, that's not a question. That's a oh, list the internet. Of your you do opinions. not disappoint. So I. I want to get that out of the way right away. So I'm going to go down the line. And Jeffrey, I want to know what you think is the, the best actor to play Bond in the best Bond film. Well, I think it's obviously Sean Connery and Goldfinger. But it's because, not only because Sean Connery is so well cast, there was something about the first two films that were more learning experiences. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, Doctor Now is kind of unforgivable, except for a few moments <laughs> here and there. I mean, otherwise, it's like a really bad 50s British cop show. Uh, and they're wonderful things in From Russia With Love, but it's got that super extended period when he's running around shooting at helicopters and chasing on boats. My favorite part of Dr. No is when he is walking through the airport and the Bond theme is playing, and there's no danger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're just like, we need some music, so let's just... I mean, they're Checking into the hotel, actually. Yeah. There's like a long... Da -da 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 -da! Giving his credit card! His key card works! <laughs> da -da 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 -da. <laughs> But yeah, there's there's a, a line that uh, one of the producers, Michael Wilson, has, and he says every time we start to make a Bond film, we try to make From Russia with Love, and we end up making Thunderball. <laughs> and, and I think it's it means that they're harkening back to some gritty thing, and then they start adding the explosions. And I think Goldfinger sat so perfectly between the ridiculous um, and the and the sweaty. Yeah. So you know. your vote for best is Sean Connery in Baby Rubbing. Uh, yeah, e even Sans Baby Rubbing. Okay. Uh, and Bill Which Corbett. was the name of one of the killers, too. <laughs> <laughs> what is uh, your favorite Bond and favorite film? Boy, it's hard, it's hard to argue with Goldfinger and uh, Sean Connery. I think that's, it, that's almost a universal. I think it's really where it hit its stride, and he was at his peak, um, I don't know, that combination of ridiculous and sublime. Um, and it's got the best line of dialogue. Which is what? Uh, do you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect uh, you to die. Expect you to die. Yeah, and you see, by, for those by listening like a to third writer who they brought in some weekend. Oh, really? You know? yeah. For those just listening to the podcast, Jeffrey has puppets right now when he's doing. This. <laughs> <laughs> no, he doesn't. That's a lot. Uh, Emily, uh, what is your favorite film, James Bond or not? <laughs> What's my favorite film? Wuthering Heights. Yeah, is that your? Is Wuthering Heights your favorite Bond Wuthering film? Wuthering Heights is my favorite Bond film. <laughs> um, do, do you have an opinion? It's actually Singing in the Rain is my favorite Bond film. That's well, good. I kind of feel like because I, you know, being the control group, that I, Goldfinger and Sean Connery are the things that I think of when I think about James Bond. And then, of course, I think of Daniel Craig because that's one of my only experiences. And, and uh, so I suppose that says something about who the best Bond and what the best Bond film is, if that's the one that's in my brain from yeah. the zeitgeist. So you like Daniel Craig in parkour jumpy 15 minutes. I did. I did. I enjoyed that. I, you know, and then he has the abs. Yeah, Daniel Craig's abs are 
All right, absolutely. That's why half but the people I in this room are here. <laughs> let let the, let the record note that Emily's eyelashes fluttered seductively. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think... I do think that Sean Connery is sexier than Daniel Craig. Oh, really? Are his abs better? I don't know. I mean, they were kind of those weird, hairy, They're Scottish abs. 60s Scottish abs. <laughs> 60s Scottish abs. <laughs> now that's specific. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have a whole podcast episode about 60s Scottish abs. <laughs> okay, so uh, I want to move on uh, to another question. This is specifically for you, Jeffrey. Um, I think one of the biggest cultural impacts of James Bond are these villains who have these big master plan and want to reshape the world based on their own sort of ego and perception of the way the world should be. So if you were a James Bond villain, you yourself, and wanted to reshape the world to fit you, how, what would your plot be? What would you be doing to the world? I would uh, first be erasing the hair on a number of men um, <laughs> to weaken them and vis-a-vis -vis the, the women of the world. Um, I would have them uh, primarily uh, wish to only go see adaptations of uh, literary works at regional theaters. <laughs> it would be very self-serving in that sense, but I don't think it would hurt anybody. In fact, I think it would be good for you. But how, so how, how do you think you would attempt to engineer that? Because like, like in The Spy Who Loved Me, is like, well, the, the, we're mistreating fish, so I'm going to drown the world. So how, what would you do to the world to try to direct everyone to go to regional theater? And haven't the regional theaters been thinking the same thing all these years? <laughs> well, it's probably not a very good example after all. I mean, uh, just setting up the underground lair would be hard enough because it would look like my office. Um, and, and in all of these cases, you always have to wonder about what the villain was thinking when he hired the contractors. Yeah. To come in and say, what I'm going to need is a monorail and a, an atomic reactor. I can pay half now and half on completion. You are inadvertently slipping into Dr. Evil, you realize. Well, that, that's the thing. In, in a sense, uh, the parodies have already defined them in a, yeah, in a very specific way. And I think it's hard to get around the parodies. Yeah. And that's probably why, say, the last 15 years or so, the, the Bond films have tried to get away from a lot of their the roots, so to speak. But in the last film, the roots are so clearly established that when Bond goes back at the very end of the headquarters, it's the same set from Dr. No. Yeah, there's a lot of like very weird homages in Skullhead. But, it, but, but you, can, you can feel a lot of us saying, we've come home, the dream is over, the nightmare is gone. Yeah. Did you like Skyfall? I, d I did, but at the same time, I thought it was a little bit over the top in terms of, oh, let us suffer for England, etc., etc. And I, I did start to think Bond is really bad at his job because he gets his boss killed. Yeah. You know, all these people get slaughtered in London. They say, like, sure, you're back to 007. Of course, we won't get rid of you. Yeah, my summary of, of what James Bond does in the film is he gets shot, captures the villain, loses the villain, and then gets his mom killed. <laughs> well, also, and, and we're the, supposed and, to feel like he tried. And the villain got all of his best ideas from the Joker in The Dark Knight, too. Yeah. Like, ah, I will be arrested and then let loose so that I can... And Loki. Exactly. Okay, so, Bill, I have a question for you. Yes, um, sir. A common explanation of why people love Bond is that, especially in the older days, is that men wanted to be him and women wanted to sleep with him. So if you were able yourself to be like James Bond... Which of James Bond's skills and attributes would you would you want in your life as a, a writer and performer of comedy? The ability to tie a tie correctly would be a good start. <laughs> uh, to order from a menu without sounding like a putz. Um, 
to kill a man with my bare hands would be a nice sideline. Yeah. Um, it's the thing to do. So mostly the social graces and the murder. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see them as one thing myself, yeah. but... There's a little bit of a conflict there of who James Bond is. Uh, but when you were a little kid and you, were, and you were reading the books and seeing the movies, did you, were you more attracted to sort of the wit and the charm, or were you more attracted to the like, ability to like, just kill a dude? Very much the latter. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think that's a and, you know, And that was, those were the days before there were really cool sort of martial arts films, too, like Jackie Chan. And so it was kind of impressive to see James Bond kick ass on three guys at once. Yeah. And, and now when you see it, it looks it's like, oh, he's just kind of slugging them like a bag of potatoes. I mean, yeah. it's nothing, there's nothing particularly elegant. He throws furniture at people. Yeah, I mean, like, all, everybody comes at him with like judo and flips and he's yeah. like Mr. Cowboy trying to punch. He just throws a chair at them. Yeah, and Roger Moore just looks like, you know, a damaged ballerina <laughs> of some kind <laughs> trying to sort of flit people into unconsciousness. It's, yeah, it, it's not a good match. Um, Okay, so I, ha I actually have a follow-up uh, specifically. Sir. If you could literally take the physical traits from one of the actors who's portrayed Bond, which of these following would you want okay. for your own body? Body? Would you want Connery's accent, Daniel Craig's abs, <laughs> Timothy Dalton's eyes, Roger Aww. Moore's eyebrow, Pierce Brosnan's smile, or George Lazenby's knees? <laughs> oh, the Lazen knees. The Lazen knees. Yes, I've yeah. heard of them. Um, I like, I have to know that you, you called Sean Connery's accent a part of his body. It comes. Where, actually, oh, anatomically, where is that located? His larynx? I don't know. <laughs> but that's, do you want Connery's larynx? That sounds like a shitty fantasy novel. Connery's larynx. I'm intrigued. I'll take the, the Lazen knees, please. Excellent. For 50, you, Alex. You will look great in a kilt. Uh, okay, so uh, Emily... A line of dialogue uh, from the movie The World Is Not Enough is, there's no point in living if you can't feel alive. Um, and I, it's, it's over the top and ridiculous. But I think it is actually a lot of like uh, what, back in the books, what motivates Bond to do all these things that we associate with him about being such a little priss about which drink is best and which clothes are best is because he feels like, I have a job where I'm going to die anytime, so I'm going to really try to enjoy everything I do. And that's an idea that's never really made it into the movies. But what I want to ask you is, if you had a job where you felt like you might die at any time, what kind of things would you do to make the most of your life? I want the body part question. <laughs> would you like pussy galore's clavicle? <laughs> yes. Uh, my God. That's lovely. Taking the, taking, being finicky about things and in a way being geeky about things and not being unabashed about it. That my particular love of knitting or cats or holding babies or, you know. Much running. like James Bond? Yes. So you would try to only hold the finest babies. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. No crap babies. To knit the no. best cats. No crap babies. No crap babies. Baby's I would, crap. This I, is a I, shitty baby. Get it away from me. Do that. The next time you like knit a hat. This is Blofeld's baby. <laughs> this baby's a piece of shit. <laughs> oh no, no, not that one. Thanks anyway. But so you you're a knitter, right? That indeed. Yeah. So you you would you would maybe spend time making only the best knitted things. Yeah. And you would you would know which 
which yarn is the best yarn. Yeah, the finest. I mean, and I, I kind of like that idea about James Bond now, that it's not... I always thought it was just that it was sort of part of his job to be to be really, you know, like we, we were sort of talking before about that it was part of his job to sleep with a lot of women and men. What a horrible job! But I kind of like that that yeah. could be part of his job that he that things have to be a certain way because he only has a yeah. Short and I think time. that's a weird misnomer. Well, not I don't know. It's it. I think in the films they try to portray it that way a lot. That he's sleeping around for the job, and every once in a while there's like a maybe an espionage reason to do that. Usually not so much. It's normally just like we're in a room and I have five minutes. <laughs> Or, or, or on a boat. Or on a Very boat. often, yeah. on a raft at sea. Yeah, the horrible... There are five or six movies that end with him on a boat. Absolutely. Yeah. In a horrible he place likes to fuck on the ocean. rescued. Like, he's being, like, eaten by, like, bugs. You know, the I, the I have to sleep with women for England idea would have more legs if he'd just slept with one really ugly woman. <laughs> if he'd had to sleep with Rosa It's really Clem. not a hardship. <laughs> if he just lined up ugly British women... <laughs> Mr. Bond, which one of them will you choose? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the books are, are even... I, the books, I think, go along with this sort of... that, that The pursuit of fine things of, of like, he, he meets a woman that he finds attractive, and, and often, to the book's credit, like, actually intellectually attractive as well as physically, and he thinks, like, man, this sucks, I'm being tortured, but if I survive, I'll save England, and maybe I'll get to have sex with that girl. So... It, it's and, a little... And he does get to turn pussy galore straight. He does turn pussy right. galore straight, which is... Horrible <laughs> in many ways, but you know that's a good segue for your question, Jeffrey. Um, obviously, there there is a lot of horrible sexism in in the books and the films, and there's just so many of these just ridiculously sexualized female names. Could you come up with some ridiculously sexualized male names that should be in the James Bond movies going forward? Uh, Doctor Uniball. <laughs> um. <laughs> Nothing sexier than one ball. <laughs> Well, that was, that's the first lyric of the song. <laughs> You've never seen just one of these. <laughs> Uniball, ba, ba, ba. I, I, I think Darko Fellatio would be a great <laughs> name. Oh, my Lord. Darko? Darko Fellatio. He's been running various I, jobs out of Turkey for the last five years. I'm a little afraid to ask what is dark about his fellatio. Well, if you have to ask. So, okay. Not sophisticated. So, uh, so far they're they're not complementary to, the, to the, the act. I mean, so there's things like it's it's always good, you know. It's Holly Goodhead in I think it's Moonraker. You know, it's not like Holly Disease Legs or something. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's never anything negative. It's that they're going to be a good lay. So what 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 is a name that if you walked into a bar and said, "Hey, ladies, my name is Blah," they'd all be like, "Fuck yeah, I got to hit that." Yeah, it's, it, it's going to be Johnny Gonorrhea or something. <laughs> no, 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 you, you are not getting the point. What, what, what is a name that is just that would like make somebody say, imminently I want to sleep with that guy. Yeah. You know, if because if, uh, I have to admit that if you said, hello, my name's Pussy Galore, I'd say, well, I bet you're not. <laughs> um, what would a man name be like that? John Hamm, right? <laughs> I, I think you're confusing recent events about his <laughs> penis with. But Ham Am is, I? yeah. If it was if it was John Goodham, maybe. Long John Ham. hung like a ham, I think. John Longham? Yeah, no. That just long, sounds like Long ham, John Ham. That sounds like a place of train. Ham is wrong. Ham, yeah, is, you know? ham, ham is wrong. Ham okay. is like something sweaty well, in a meat case. Emily, you, and you're made a of woman. pig. 
I am. What 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 would what is a sexy name for a man? Oh dear lord! I think that's taken. Dear lord. <laughs> okay. That's more of a Bond villain. Hello, my name is Dear Lord. <laughs> my name is Christ. Jesus Christ. <laughs> bitch. Son of a bitch. But I, I think that's part of the point, that men don't have sexy names. I think that's, that's just part of the general sexist thing. I mean, if you're going to like James Bond and Ian Fleming, the movies, what, you, you just have to accept these things. Right. And uh, there's a really terrific essay from way back, around 1959 or 60, uh, by Paul Johnson about sex and sadism. And he's completely right. But, you know, either you dig it or you don't. Uh, in the same way that you say, yeah, T.S. Eliot, big anti-Semite, yeah, still a great poet. Let's move on. Yeah, but I think that the films are under their own sort of, you know, volition at this point, and they're, they're trying to be a little bit better about some of the sexism, despite the fact that, you know, the guy, the main guy mm -hmm. is a dude, and he, he's brutal and cold and all these things. But I think that there is still room for it to, for the film version of Bond and therefore kind of the popular culture become a little bit sexist. And I think it would be great if he had an assistant who was like Sam Big Dick. That's a little on the nose. Holly Goodhead. I true. Been trying I'm to think sorry. Of one that would actually be a, a literal equivalent. And Ethan it's true. English metric unit. I don't know. <laughs> Well, it would have to be about his talent at Cunnilingus, wouldn't it? Yes. <laughs> uh, who a, was that who said yes? There was a long, strong yes. But I don't know it. quite how to put it. It would have to be John Thomas Johnson. You know? <laughs> like nothing but, but uh, you know, references. Nothing but cock names. I think yeah. the problem well, is that weirdly, almost all nouns now mean penis. <laughs> it's true. So it's hard to be distinctive. Well, and weirdly, if you try to get any kind of act or... or uh, male act or body part in it all sounds kind of violent and funny. It would have to be like you know something to do with being a being a soccer player and having you know like something. <laughs> Hi, I'm Tony Soccer. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But this has exposed some of the things that I'm interested in. Is that it's hard to come up with them because I, I the the female ones sound ridiculous and, and so should uh, the male one. Uh, so Bill, uh, yes. the the. The Bond films, I think, a lot, of the, a lot of the reason that people bicker about the quality is because they change all the time. They try to be so many different things. Uh, they try to be action movies and espionage, and sometimes they have like even political commentary. What do you think they should be? If you were like going to go yourself to a Bond movie and like, I'm really happy with that, what kind of movie would it even be? I, you know, it's a tough one because they're all, they're all based on your experience of watching other ones and, and maybe getting a little tired of that flavor. Like... I remember when um, Timothy Dalton took over, and I was not a real Bond nerd, but I actually quite liked the fact that they were trying to make them a little more realistic, and the killings were just a little uglier, and um, he did not wink to the audience as much, and it was just, they didn't have that sort of throwaway satire going on. But I think if they kept going like that, you know, for a long time, I, I'm not sure... I'm not sure I'm looking for any one particular thing. I think there's just like sort of a field of potential around the Bond thing, and it can be as silly as the worst of Roger Moore or even <laughs> the Casino Royale uh, that had uh, David Niven and Woody Allen in it in the 60s. Yeah, I'm not down with that. No, I know you're not. Too I'm, far. Too far, Corbett. Um, I'm not. I'm not proposing it. Okay. I'm just saying. You said that was the finest James. Yeah, I guess I did. <laughs> Woody Allen is podcasting the best James makes Bond. people hear things. 
Uh, okay, so uh, Emily, a, a question for you. So Bond is is portrayed as this cold, ruthless killer, but particularly in these Daniel Craig movies, he still has to be likable, even though they've brought him back to he's just sort of a brooding killer uh, with distant emotions. So you're an actor. How how would you, if you were going to play a female James Bond, how would you try to make yourself likable while still being a killer? Ooh, it's hard to make a to make a woman like that because I, I think I think with with men, women love dark, brooding, distant, sexy men. We like that. Sorry, women. I don't have to speak for all of us. I like that. And those are, those are the wrong kind of men to like, and you don't marry that man, and you're very... How are you doing, guys? Are you working on that? Are you thinking about how to do that now? Oh, I'm too mysterious. It's too late, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just picturing a, a distant man with hairy Scottish abs. I've got a brood. That's right. He's brooding up a storm over here. <laughs> but to make a woman like that... Are we at a seance? <laughs> <laughs> I think that, I think, uh, uh, how would I do that? Well, uh, well, I guess I'd, I'd say that nobody is inherently likable. I think even when you're trying to be the most likable is when you're sort of lying the most, and that's a bit deceitful. I think if you're the most honest you can be with whatever the character is, there is something in there that people will recognize, and it will make them likable. Excellent. I think that's a great answer. Uh, so I, I did get some questions from the internet, so you guys can feel free to jump in and answer these uh, willy-nilly. Uh, one question I got from the internet was, how will That would make be a great name for a James Bond. Yeah, willy-nilly. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> willy-nilly. Mm, that really... License to Killy. Hello, ladies. <laughs> I'm willy-nilly. I know you want to hit this. Don't you have the cutest little penis, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> It has to be like Sailor Steve or Sailor Steve. (laughs) That's a bit gay. That that was one of the guys from. (laughs) That is the gayest name ever. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go down to the YMCA with Sailor Steve (laughs) and his little buddy Timbers. (laughs) Tom (laughs) Cockpunch. There you go. These are Maybe not Tom. They're all. So would the would the implication be that he's going to punch his own cock? <laughs> I guess it would. Or he. Well, let's leave it there. So. All right. Well. All right. Okay. Uh, so the the question from the internet that you can answer willy nilly is uh, how will they make the gadgets in future James Bond movies cool when the real life gadgets everyone has are as advanced as the gadgets in the movie? Fewer of them, I think. They're, they're obviously pairing back, right? Yeah. I mean, this last one, the gadgets were down to something rehashed from Goldfinger and a gun that wouldn't fire unless your handprint was on it. Which so, is a real thing, by the way. They're working on that gun. Is it really? Yeah. They're working on that particular technology. They, the greater they, the world. You're working on it, aren't you, Emily? All right. So when Fess you pl- up. So, so I, I know, Bill, you have a smartphone, right? And Emily, do you have a smartphone? I do. And Jeffrey, do you have a smartphone? My um, smartphone I have has a gas-powered a smartphone. <laughs> you, have a, you have a steampunk smartphone. And my uh, smartphone has a cross-stitched. I has a cross-stitched cover. <laughs> the finest cross-stitched. So, do you, when you're using your smartphones, do you feel like you're James Bond? See, I feel more. Like Not I'm in the on, least. I feel, like I'm on, I feel like I'm on Star Trek. That's what I feel like. 
Okay. If I throw my smartphone at somebody and say it's about to explode <laughs> and then run away. <laughs> well, you know, actually, I, I think most of the best uh, uh, Bond gadgets end up being used slightly in a different way than they were intended to. You know, I, yeah. I, 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 I'm not going to go swinging for live and let die. But at some point, they give him some, uh, like, teeny tiny air thing that he can breathe underwater, and he ends up putting it inside Yafet Koto, and he blows up because it expands. I mean, those right. are like, well, there's nothing so special about the gadget, but the gadget is used in a cool way. Right, right. Yeah, and the smartphone, while, while it seems like really high-tech, it's just like, you know, there'd be a scene where James Bond is trying to find Chipotle, and that's not <laughs> particularly impressive for Bond. James Bond's Tumblr account. <laughs> I can't post any actual incriminating evidence of where I am because I'm a spy. He's kind of a spy in the movie. Um, okay, so here's another question, a slightly elaborate question from the internet. If all of the actors to play Bond were put on an island and only one could survive, who would win? Now, these are the actors, not the actual First characters. of all, that is so sexy. <laughs> That is a great reality show, Bond yeah. Island. Yeah. As they are now. I love that. Like, 85-year-olds. Yeah. Well, he actually specific, he specifies, uh, the person who put this on the internet, that, that it's the actors, not, not as they portrayed Bond, but the actual actors. But he also, also writes, but at their peaks, not old men as they are now. Of course. So, so what, what is the question? Who would, so who would survive? Peaks, yeah, Sean Connery, uh, uh, George Lazenby, Roger Moore, Timothy Dalton, Pierce Brosnan, Daniel Craig are all on an island. Who, and apparently trying to kill each other to get off. <laughs> that, that was phrased poorly. It's a pretty vague <laughs> premise. Let's change it to that. One of the Bonds is going to orgasm first. No, Which I think... could successfully bring the other to climax first? <laughs> on an island. Not just in the middle of New York or something. Well. <laughs> Jeffrey, do you have thoughts? We're doing climax, not kill. Yeah, sure. Climax, not kill. He's going is, to this, is this a version of fuck, marry, kill? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Oh, Lord. Um, um, um. You're really seriously entertaining this. That's what I love. <laughs> Who will climax first? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I, would, I suppose George Lazenby because he'd want to the most. <laughs> He seemed to be the most ambitious. So. Right. And he, yeah, he's the most in need. Right. So if it was, uh, I can edit this out. Well, if Roger it was Moore a bond, can, can wait forever. If it was a Bond circle jerk, they were in some. I if, think this is for Emily. Okay. Just go with My me on this, guys. Here. Not for long. <laughs> if they were on a, a, a little bottle washed up and the note said, We will only rescue you if the five actors who played James Bond stand in a circle. Jerk off in the first to climax is the only one who's going to escape you, you, the island. You've gone mad, Joseph. I don't, See, I I don't know what to it's, say. It's not me. It's the internet. It came from the internet. You know right? that, they can How use can that joke with Thurston Howell too. But. <laughs> well, clearly Gilligan. But I win. feel like I feel like the true test of James Bond would be stamina. Right. Okay. So the are you, so you're saying that the question so should be. I'm suggesting that who can last the longest? Who can masturbate in a circle with other actors who've played James Bond? <laughs> Without. So does lasting longer mean <laughs> not arriving yes. sooner, or does it mean that's a real you only manipulating the other? Well, yeah, you can't just this stop. Has gotten, you can't just walk away. That's cheating. it is better to journey hopefully than to arrive. 
Mr. Bond. This, is, this has become madness. <laughs> it indeed has become madness. But let, okay, let me rephrase the question one more time because that won't make it better. <laughs> the actors who portrayed James Bond over the years are in their prime. They're on an island. They're standing in a circle looking at one another. They have no other media to work with. They are masturbating. Again. They, they are making, they, they are keeping their willy-nillies erect. <laughs> but they are not reaching a climax. Which actor would last the longest in that scenario? Jeffrey. Uh, Sean Connery. He's 84. <laughs> no, no. He doesn't no. remember his name now. Obey the rules. They're at their prime. Oh, prime. I, I forgot. Yeah, They're at I'm their forgot. masturbating prime, Jeffrey. <laughs> I, I would... I, so I they're would, all like 14. <laughs> I, I, I would guess... This is the sickest fucking podcast I've ever I heard. Think little Timmy Dalton would last the longest. Oh. Because he never looked like he was happy doing it anyway. <laughs> Excellent. Did uh, you guys date for a while? That seemed uh, very personal he, for he's you. very distant, yes. Uh, all right, and, and Bill... The question is, which of the Bonds would... You really want me to say it again? I really... I want to make sure... Which I have a feeling this is going to be used against me in court. Okay, at some all point. the Bond actors are at the age where you feel they would have masturbated the most. Okay. The most or the best? The best. Okay. And what the best means what to you? They... Does it mean does it mean taking a long time or being efficient? They have the most control of their instrument. Whatever they choose to do with it. Yeah, like they're a trombone master, but with masturbating. So lasting longer is good or bad here? Oh, that's the goal. Okay. Like I mean, so ideally, just stroking it for hours (laughs) until the rest of the Bond guys either climax or give up. Okay. And he can triumphantly say, I did not ejaculate. Exactly. I am the best Bond. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> Do you expect me I to feel come? like I've, I've entered a parallel universe here. Uh, George Lazenby, because he'd be on drugs. <laughs> That's a great answer. And Emily, which of the Bond actors in this scenario would achieve yeah, their know. goal? I'm sorry. You've had you can, so you can file a lawsuit again. I only know who two of them are. Well, three. Which three do you know? Sean Connery. The other one. <laughs> <laughs> and Daniel Craig, right? Daniel Craig and Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. And okay. Henry Fonda. <laughs> and Woody Allen can be there and too. Woody Allen. But I don't think anyone wants that. I think Woody I think Woody Allen would win. Oh, I really I uh, no, I'm gonna no. No. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly it's flagged for bad taste? Come on! There is a line in the sand on the island, and it's keeping Woody Allen from masturbating. I think Sean Connery. <laughs> Maybe he can masturbate over it. Yeah, there's no Woody Allen in this. Joseph, it's Jeffrey brought okay. books. He wanted to talk about film. I, I know, but the internet. <laughs> All right, so, so it's just the bonds you know. The, who is the second bond? Uh, Rod, uh, George Lazenby, technically. Because he was the one that just went into the place and was like, I'm, I'm Bond. And he bought a suit that w- was supposed yes. to be Sean Connery's. And I think one. that guy. I think that guy worked okay. real hard to be James Bond. Okay. So you think he would... From like right. sheer willpower. You're correct. You are correct. Okay. So he has won. George Lazenby finally has won something. It's James Bond. <laughs> I mean, he deserves it, right? So we <laughs> arrive at something. We, we okay. should give him a call. He'd probably take the call right now. He probably now. would. Right now. I know, but he'd probably just swear at us. <laughs> like, can you imagine calling him up and say... Mr. Lazenby, sir, 
We were wondering if you were. We're on in the middle island. of a podcast. We have some I think, news I think for he you, works sir. Here at Brian Lake Bowl. <laughs> He's in the alley bowling right now here at the Brian Lake. Okay, in the the final oh question I got from the internet is much shorter, and it's one of my. I've asked for questions before. This is my favorite I've ever got from the internet, and the question is Moonraker. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. Jeffrey, what do you think of Moonraker? Oh, Moonraker is appalling. No, it's it's. Uh, I mean, I I, ha- I have a, a leftover <laughs> affection for Roger Moore, if only because no, not only because because he seems to be a good sport about it. I mean, I think soon after he was made a Bond, he said, "Oh, I'm the worst actor in Christendom." <laughs> so you know, he he never made claims for it. And then the Spy Who Loved Me has its moments, I guess. But Moonraker really is like being under the sea forever with the most boring people you've ever met. It is horrible. Do you have any feelings on Moonraker, Bill? I'm trying to remember. It was, uh, Moonraker is the blatant Star Wars Holly ripoff uh, where, they, where they go to space. It's the one with Holly Goodhead. Oh. And, yeah, and it's an older... And the, and the villain was really boring, right? What was, what was the uh, name? Drac? Hugo or... Drax, and yeah, he yeah. wants to do some space shit. He, he looks like Ricky Gervais in The Office, did he <laughs> not? Yes, he does. He really does. He has that goatee and everything. But was, was Jaws not introduced in that one? No, that was Jaws' second appearance, and he became goofy and he had a girlfriend who looked like the Swiss Miss girl. Oh yeah, yeah. And there's like a whole subplot she where he like falls Colonel to Clint the earth secretary. and hangs out with her and yeah, it's yeah, it's it's That might have been like the first one I ever saw. So that was sort of set the meter for me. Like, what yeah. the fuck is this? <laughs> Although that's the last film Bernard Lee was in as M. Yes, so. and that that was lovely. Uh just Do you need a moment of silence? I'm sure I've got one. <laughs> uh, I think maybe Hank Moonraker would be a good. That might be a good pussy galore uh, name. Another another gay name, Hank Moonraker. No, no. <laughs> Mo- well, what do you think that means on a sexual level, Moonraker? No, I don't suppose it means anything, does it? I'll rake the moon with it. It's so big. <laughs> That's how big it is. If the moon were a shag carpet, I would just rake the shit raking, out of it. Raking does not work as a, as a verb. No, it really, it really doesn't. Rake the shit out of it is something that should never be said. <laughs> what a, what a, em- Emily, what do you think of the name, like, man-man-sex? Uh, I mean, would that be... <laughs> That's as blatant as some of the other ones. Not in German. <laughs> do you know what that is in German? Oh, hell no. Man-man-sex, right? <laughs> Excellent. So, uh, guys... Uh, I have a lightning quiz, so it's like a lightning round, but it's also a quiz in that I'm going to score you. Uh, oh, no. and, and these aren't about actual knowledge, because Jeffrey would win. Uh, but just feel free... <laughs> about James Bond. Absolutely true. About James Bond, yeah. indeed. Not about knitting. In the small, sweaty, pathetic world that I'm king of, yes. <laughs> so imagine you guys are on an island. No, yeah. Uh, oh. Do not. Do not. Emily wins, don't you? I don't want to anymore. <laughs> I've had enough. Thanks, audience. Thanks for coming with me on that one. Um, oh, okay. So just feel free to just just uh, shout out kind of the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, so, Jeffrey, what should the title of the next James Bond film be? Um, fellatio. I, I don't know. Um, I, I know. I think they should do the Man with the Golden Gun because so few people saw it they could actually remake it. How about and the get Man with, with the Golden Fellatio? I think the man with the golden gun already was referring to that. But. Okay. Mad, Mad Magazine actually did a parody yes. of that. The spy no, no. with the enormous penis, right? The spy with the largest penis in the yeah. world. Yes. It was subtle. On the nose, as no, it, it was were. National okay. Lampoon, sorry. I give that two points. All right. Uh, Bill, 
who should be the next actor to play James Bond? Um, uh, 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 Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> I give that 18 points. Emily, James Bond has had a lot of cool vehicles over the years. Was one of them ever a Segway? <laughs> oh, I would watch that, though. I would if it was. No, no, it wasn't. Okay, I'm going to give that negative two points. Because <laughs> Quantum of Solace actually begins with a Segway. No, it doesn't. It doesn't at all. That would be awesome if it began with a Segway chain. And he has to wear a helmet because it's dangerous. It's true. And it's so slow. It's so I'm gonna, it would be better if there was a Segway chase. If there was a Segway chase, I would watch that. The, it, like they literally can on only go 15 miles an hour. I know. And you will still hurt yourself if you fall I know. off. So it, when Zach Galifianakis makes a James Bond movie, there'll be a Segway chase. Okay, so Jeffrey, next question. Uh, do you like Daniel Craig's abs? I, I suppose so. Uh, I, I think they're a little over the top in terms of, Oi, look at me, I was a cab driver once. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm going to give that seven points That's, for the implication that so Daniel bitter. used to be a cockney taxi driver <laughs> who just which, squeezed his muscles. Which, that, <laughs> that, the job that is well known for developing your abs. <laughs> Watch me squeeze this wheel. All right, Bill, do you like Daniel Craig's abs? I love them. I would eat uh, sushi off them. Okay. Oh, fuck. That's 24 points. <laughs> I'm doing great. Okay. Emily, do you like Daniel Craig's abs, even though they're naked and not Scottish? <laughs> I don't like it when men are prettier than I am. That's a two, so you're up to zero. God! <laughs> okay. I mean, yes. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. All yes, right, you're up yes, to two. Yes, I do. All right. Jeffrey, under what circumstances, if any, would James Bond eat at Arby's? If there was a, um, an all-beef villain who was living underneath Arby's, and the only way was to eat his way down to his lair. Wait, Arby's and beef, they are not related in any way. Jeffrey, could you, could you say in your Sean Connery accent, do you expect me to eat the curly fries? So, Arby's, you expect me to eat the curly fries? Uh, yes, yes, we do, and it's late. It's time to close down. <laughs> you made a little one-act play out of it. Thank you. <laughs> he is a playwright. Uh, Bill, uh, James Bond's nemesis, Blofeld, has a cat. Do you think Blofeld would post pictures of his cat on Facebook? <laughs> I actually think Facebook would have prevented his life of crime because he would have been so busy posting pictures of his fucking cat. 48 points. <laughs> you guys can still catch up, Jeffrey and Emily. Okay, uh, Emily. Are you in love with Bill? I'm in love with his answers. Uh, Emily, are martinis awesome? Yes. 57 points. Oh, that was, that was the best moment of the night. All right, Jeffrey. Uh, Roger Moore, Sean Connery, Daniel Craig, fuck, Mary kill. Fuck, Mary kill? Who is she? <laughs> oh, this is one of those young people's games, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, I suppose you fuck Sean Connery, <laughs> you, and you, uh, uh, you marry Daniel Craig, and you kill Roger Moore for food in the winter? <laughs> Arby's already beat you to that. I love Beef that this, this question is normally like a really like, what would, what would the individual person did, do? And you use the understood you as like, what would one do? 
Who would one fuck, marry, and kill? Well, if one had to shag a gentleman, I guess it would be Sean Connery with his hairy Scottish abs. Well, Joseph, when one asks this question, one answers it in the way one is trained Who to. Who does one fuck? Mm. Uh, 37 points, Jeffrey. That was, that was a really good answer. Uh, Bill. Son of a bitch. If James Bond gave his Walther PPK a name, what do you think that name would be? Fluffy. <laughs> really disturbing. Uh, that's 18 points. I'll give that 18 points. Actually, it's Wally. <laughs> it's the diminutive of Walther. Oh, well, I thought you were going like with like the Pixar movie. <laughs> I think you should subtract points from Jeffrey for that. That yeah, was a I, little. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna have to give Jeffrey a negative two for suggesting uh, Wally. Well, what oh, if his name was Wally PPK? What would the PPK stand for? A bonus round for Jeffrey. Um, perky pride in killing. <laughs> Eighty-six points. Ah, <laughs> oh. and a meal at Arby's, young man. <laughs> All right, Emily. Uh, Shaken, not shaved. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Beef and cheddar. That'd be a good sexy name for a guy. All right. Um, Emily, if James Bond were in a rock band, what instrument would he play? I would say lead guitarist, but I don't think he's that showy. So I'm going to go with bass. Oh, nice. You know, sort of sexy behind. Yeah, bass is a really ninja instrument, isn't it? <laughs> Boop, boop, not the boop, upright, boop. not the upright. I can see James Bond just quietly the playing is, the, like the entrance music to Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, the bass is, I mean, in a rock band, in a rock band, Joseph, the okay, bassist yeah. hangs out in the background and fucks all the women. Oh, really? And it would be the... You're a drummer, aren't you? You wouldn't know of such things. <laughs> no, no. The sex order goes lead singer, guitarist, lead singer, guitarist, lead singer, drummer. Then bass player. I don't agree. I don't agree. The tambourine player and the egg shaker get no. laid before the bass player. No. I don't agree. I you don't, don't agree. agree. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Broody, broody. Oh, okay. All right. Well, fair enough. Are you, you like the, about guys. the big bands of the 40s? The, uh, oh, I know. That was a hard choice for ladies with like all the 40 instruments. <laughs> <laughs> Do I want the alto bassoonist? I think it's, I think it's a triangle guy tonight. <laughs> The triangle. He was hot. Uh, all right. Well, Emily, I'm 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 gonna give that 67 points. That that was. You were honest about your feelings now. towards it's sexuality. Pity. No, no, no. Okay, so here we go, guys. This is lightning lightning quiz part two, and this is this is gonna make all the difference. So what I'm gonna do is I am going to give you. This is the quip challenge. So I am going to say scenarios in which James Bond is murdering a person, and you guys just jump in. Whoever has the answer first of what inappropriate quip that James Bond would say when murdering someone in this particular way. Sure. Is everybody under, that's all clear? Okay, here we go. James Bond drowns a man in a vat of beer and he says, I'm murdering you. <laughs> sort of the Daniel Craig blunt version. Any other quips to compete with that? Hop to it. <laughs> I feel, I feel certain that's an actual beer made in San Diego. <laughs> I think Hop I hurt to my it. own soul. Okay, yeah, well, you, uh, Emily, uh, I'm going to give you uh, uh, six points for that, and Jeffrey, I'm going to give you two points for just the blunt, I'm going to, I just murdered you. <laughs> I, I was going for the subtext. The subtext, indeed, the spoken subtext. All right, uh, James Bond throws a man off the roof of an Ikea. 
And he says, Try to reassemble yourself now. <laughs> Thank you. 96 points. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> okay. James Bond runs a man down with an ice cream truck. And he says, Diddling, diddling, ding, ding. <laughs> Was that is so the, cruel. Who is playing the James Bond theme? <laughs> as he runs over and backs up. From now on, you're known as Mr. Shofty. <laughs> oh. All right, 97 points. All right, uh, James Bond stabs a man with a large knitting needle. Emily, your time has come. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> That's what the guy would say. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking a bass player over there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was tailor-made for me, and I can't do it. Uh, uh, Pearl this, yeah. There you go. Oh, nice, nice. Like Referencing several. 40 points to the audience? <laughs> yeah. James Bond cuts a man's leg off, then wraps the man's leg around his throat and throttles him with his own leg. And then he says... <laughs> Say that again, please. James Man Bond cuts a man's leg off. <laughs> Then wraps the man's leg around his throat and throttles him with his own leg. <laughs> the man's own leg. The man's own leg. <laughs> Not. We're, we're totally <laughs> stalling for time. You realize? There are some pronoun <laughs> issues, but you know what I'm saying. nice gams. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You're, I love that he says that to a guy. Nice <laughs> In the year 2013. Your punting career is over. I don't know. <laughs> I need a I need a leg up. You have a leg up. Oh. <laughs> I think uh, I'm going to give you all 100 points for enduring those questions. Sympathy points. In helping me to demonstrate that quips really should die. <laughs> the quips should be over. I can't do the math this fast, uh, but I believe that uh, Bill Corbett has won the James Bond Thank quiz. Thank you. A round of applause for Bill Corbett. Thanks. Uh, so, guys, before we move on to the very end of the podcast, are there any final James Bond thoughts that you, you feel like the world must know? Anything that you guys want to share? I don't think the world needs to know anything we've set up until now. <laughs> I think the island masturbation point is pretty important. I think that should go in a time capsule. Uh, Bill? Um, no, it just... It's interesting to watch the... Uh, you know, I preparing for this podcast, I watched a couple of the early... Uh, the, the earliest James Bond films. And it's fun to watch these things, as you kind of said before, develop in real time, like the stroking the cat, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the stuff that you see parodied and referenced so right. often later, like the attack on the compound at the end. It just, it just happens before your eyes. And you go, oh, that's where that started. Right. It, there's an amazing amount of culture that's contained in those movies that has been ripped we were, off from them. Uh, we were talking about something uh, downstairs before that, you know, the pre-credit sequences... Mm -hmm. uh, before the titles. It started in uh, From Russia With Love because the editor had this scene where um, Robert Shaw was supposed to kill a fake Bond. And he said to everybody, wouldn't it be neat if we put this scene at the beginning of the movie and everybody thought that James Bond was going to be killed? And then we reveal that he's a guy wearing a mask. So, yeah, it's the serendipity of, isn't it, you know, if that guy hadn't said, let's try this. Yeah. Nothing would have happened. That, that, yeah, that incredibly iconic, cool thing. Emily, any, any thoughts on the value of James Bond in the world? Why do we like James Bond? You, as somebody who is the control person and isn't intimately familiar with it, but gets bombarded by his presence in culture, 
Why, why do you think he, he and his oeuvre stay around? Because he's such a he's such a sort of clean criminal. There's something so wonderful about like he's not a superhero. He's just a he is just a guy. He's a government guy. There's something about serving his country, but he's not a soldier. He fucks women and he drinks and he that soldiers don't fuck women. You know what I mean? <laughs> that that he that he there's something so sort of clean and tight about him that. You're getting back to the abs. Aren't I'm you? getting back to the abs. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. I think it's I think that's a very good answer though that he is he is he is an anti-hero but he is accepted by the government so he's he gets to do all these He doesn't have a superpower like he's just a guy that's trained really well and happens to be quite good at his job and yeah. He could I feel like he's attainable. He's it, that somebody could actually become James Bond if they wanted to. They wouldn't have to be bitten by a spider that would give them radioactive powers or be be brainwashed and trained. They could actually just have James Bond's job. Right, so it's easy to fantasize that we can be that yeah. level of human perfection. Yeah. Cool. And remember, soldiers don't fuck women. No. That's the real takeaway. <laughs> Never. I never said that, really. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, I always wrap up uh, the podcast with some questions that don't have anything necessarily to do with the subject, just some kind of introspective questions about yourself. So, oh, no. Jeffrey, <laughs> if someone wrote a tell-all book about your life, what would the title be? Nothing here. Keep moving along. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Bill, if you could own a word and by law only you would be allowed to say that word, what would it be? Uh, moist. <laughs> and then I would, I would consign it to Antarctica forever. So no one could ever say it again. It's the worst word in the world. Excellent. Uh, Emily, what is your spirit animal and why? The giraffe. Why? Because it's, it's, it's so... Um, Smooth and sexy. <laughs> <laughs> and it There's never fucks women. It never fucks women. It's a, it's a, it's some kind of, it, oh, what is that? I want? It's like an ancient cow. <laughs> <laughs> so you feel like your true soul is an ancient cow. Exactly. That's awesome. Okay, so this is the final question. It's the same for everyone always on the podcast. Jeffrey, what is happiness? Complete and utter adulation. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Bill, what is happiness? Sleep. <laughs> and Emily, what is happiness? You ancient cow. <laughs> I feel like if I got to pet a giraffe, I'd be pretty happy. Excellent. Ladies and gentlemen, that is our podcast. Thank you very much. Good night. Great five stars if you're impressed. 